You're listening to the Digital State of Mind podcast with your host, Jessica Hawks, where we get honest about all things entrepreneurship, balancing life and business, and navigating the world in a digital age. Welcome back to the Digital State of Mind podcast. We are in season two, which is wild. I <laughs> I never even imagined that I would have a season one of a podcast. In fact, I didn't really even think that I would officially start a podcast because it was always something, and I talked about this in season one, but it was always something I wanted to do, was always afraid to do it, just kept putting it off, and here we are. We're kicking off season two. It's 2022. We made it, everybody. We made it into 2022. 2021 was a really wild year. It was very, very taxing on me personally. I went through a lot, a lot of highs, a lot of really, really amazing things, a lot of business goals that I accomplished, a lot of personal goals that I accomplished. But I also experienced a lot of downs in my business and my personal life as well and I experienced a lot of burnout. I really feel like I started to learn what it means to set boundaries in your life in terms of business which is really really hard and that's a conversation for another day but I hope that you are all doing amazing and excited to kick off the year and see what see what comes right so we are kicking off season two talking about a topic that has been I've been asked so many times if I had a dollar for every time I was asked about this I would have a lot of dollars so I think this is something that every single person who is thinking about starting a business or maybe even already has a business is worried about and that is oversaturation right? We're always wondering, is the online space oversaturated? Are there too many people trying to create jobs online or create businesses online? How am I going to fit in? How am I going to make this work for myself? And I want to start off by saying that this is a very valid and a very, very common fear. This is something that I was worried about whenever I first started my business. This is something that a lot of established business owners thought about when they were initially starting their business. And this is also a topic that pretty much every single new business owner has considered or has thought of at some point as well. What's really interesting to me about this topic specifically is that we never really think about this whenever we think of traditional corporate jobs, right? If you're going to college to be a doctor or in the health field in any capacity, if you're going to be a lawyer, or even if you're going for a creative field like design, for instance, we usually don't really think about oversaturation, or at least we don't think about it to the point where it holds us back from pursuing said career. We just kind of move forward on whatever path that we're on, whether that's college or getting a certificate or doing a trade school, and we just trust that there will be space for us in this field. But when it comes to the online space, 
the first thought in our mind is there's too many people, there are too many business owners, there's not going to be space for me, I'm not going to be able to get clients, it's going to be too much competition. And what I want you to remember when you are thinking about this is that there are over, and this was as of 2021, early 2021, mind you, so this number has grown substantially since since the statistic, but in early 2021, there were over 200 million businesses on Instagram, which if you really sit down and think about that number, that is so many business owners on Instagram. And as more and more people start to see the benefit of having an, having a part of their business online in some way or their entire business, that number is going to keep skyrocketing because people are really starting to see that society is starting to lean more towards having businesses on social media. That's a legitimate thing now, whereas a few years ago, 10 years ago, it wasn't wasn't as popular and it also wasn't as accepted as it is now. Now it's very, very commonplace. So as far as those 200 million businesses on Instagram goes, like we said, that's a lot of people, right? Obviously, that spans across a wide variety of different types of people. So you're going to have, of course, the creatives. So you'll have the photographers and brand designers, and this can include service providers as well, your interior designers, your wedding planners, event planners, copywriters, so many different types of people. But you also have your coaches, right? So you have sales coaches, business coaches, virtual assistant coaches, (laughs) Um, you know, You have mindset coaches, spiritual coaches, confidence coaches. There's so many different types. Outside of that, you also have e-commerce. So anyone who is selling a digital product or a physical product to people and has a digital storefront is also considered to be a business owner online on Instagram. Now, these are just kind of the basics that you think of off the top of your head, but this is growing every single day. The amount of not only people, but the amount of different niches and different types of businesses that are on Instagram are growing because as the online space grows and the need for different types of businesses grow, different niches grow. For example, a couple of years ago, ceramicists on Instagram may not have been something that would be a career where you could see a lot of profit or eventually need to build a team. And then as time goes on and people really start to gear towards smaller businesses, sustainable businesses, getting something that's unique that maybe other people don't have, the need for that is going to grow. So my point in saying that is that every single day, niches are growing, the amount of different types of businesses on Instagram are growing as well. So how does this correlate to you being worried about starting a business because you're worried about oversaturation? The point of all of it, all of this is that as the amount of business owners grow on Instagram and as the amount of niches grow and different types of corners that people carve out, the amount of need for service provider providers also grows as well. So as service providers enter into the online space and create their own business, you can kind of think of it as a graph in your head, a bar graph, if you will. I don't even know if that's the right type of graph that I'm thinking of. I really did not excel in math by any means, but you know what I'm saying, a bar graph. (laughs) So as the amount of service providers grow on Instagram or in the social media space at all, the amount of business owners who need their help are always going to surpass the amount of service providers 
that there are. So that's something to keep in mind. I think that whenever we think about starting a business online as a service provider, and when I say service provider, I mean a brand designer, a copywriter, Pinterest manager, virtual assistant, social media manager, whatever it is. Whenever we think about coming into the online space, we kind of have this skewed vision of what the online space looks like. And that's that the amount of business owners that need help is at a standstill and that it's not a very high number. Whereas in reality, both of those graphs or both of those bars are growing all the time and the amount of service providers is almost always going to stay below the amount of, of business owners that need help. So why is that? There's a few different reasons. So for one thing, a service provider, an individual who starts a business as like we mentioned before, virtual assistant, copywriter, Pinterest manager, etc., can only take on so many clients at one time. Whenever I was a virtual assistant, I was maxed out, like basically overworked when I had around seven or eight clients. And that was a lot. And keep in mind that some of those clients were only on three hour packages. So if we really put it into perspective, if you're a virtual assistant and you're working on an hourly basis, so people are booking hourly packages with you. If you have three clients who are booking 10 hour weekly packages with you, you're working 30 hours a week with only three clients that you're able to help. Obviously, if you have clients on a lower hourly package, like three hours a week, then you could potentially take on, let's say, 10 clients and be at 30 hours a week. But at some point, you are going to get maxed out at the amount of people that you're able to help as an individual. So from this point, you do have a few different options. You can obviously choose to create a team or create an agency, which is a route that a lot of people go. But when you decide to go that route... Think about what happens. Now, multiple other opportunities have been opened for other service provider business owners to now work for your team. So this individual service provider who is helping these business owners has created multiple opportunities to bring other people who are service providers onto their team and help them grow their business and give them the opportunity to have clients, right? Something else that you, that I want you to remember is that service providers don't always stay service providers. They may stay service providers in some sense because as, you know, individuals offering a service online, obviously we're all considered service providers in some some sense of the phrase, but whenever I say service providers, I'm specifically talking about people who are assisting a business owner in some way, whether that's email marketing, writing copy, doing random admin tasks, creating graphics, you get the gist. Whenever people enter into that space, oftentimes they have bigger visions for themselves. So for instance, with me, I absolutely loved being a virtual assistant, but I knew that that wasn't where I always wanted to be. I knew I wanted to grow my business more than that. I knew that I had something really special to offer to people. And I found that and I found what I feel like is where I'm meant to be in life by coaching other people to start their own business and teaching them the skills that they need to build that up. So what then happened to my clients? My clients were all referred out to other virtual assistants that I really trusted. And then what happened on my end was that I started opening the door for so many other service providers to then help me and join me on my team. So we have a team of around eight or nine and, you know, 
that's amazing. Like the fact that I have created that opportunity for so many people is something that I'm really thankful for. But that helps put in perspective for you that oftentimes service providers will go other routes to where they single-handedly are opening the door for up to 10 people to work on their team, whether that's by becoming a coach, whether that is by opening up an agency of some sort, whether that's by becoming a marketing specialist, whether that's simply by growing their team so that they can support so many clients that they open up spaces for multiple people. A lot of times people's businesses evolve and grow because that's naturally what ends up happening in the online space. I know that me explaining this in a logical way where we can think about it and we're like, oh, that makes sense. I can see how that would work. I can see how I would fit in now. Sometimes that's not really the solution to every doubt that you have about oversaturation in the online space. So what I want to now reassure you of is the fact that no matter how many business owners there are, no matter how many service providers there are, there is no one like you. And the beauty of starting a business online or having a business where Instagram is your portfolio and you're able to connect to people on a far deeper level than you would in the corporate industry is the fact that you as a person plays a huge role in the success of your business because at the end of the day, your business is you in so many senses and your brand is you in so many senses. You are at the forefront of your brand and your unique experience, your unique skills and your unique personality is what really starts to set you apart from other people. There's a lot of people who are super nervous to enter the online space because they're shy or because they're super introverted and What's really interesting is that there are so many different types of business owners looking for different types of personalities in their business. For example, you may have a business owner who is extremely outgoing, extremely bubbly, loves to talk with their clients, loves to be at the forefront of their business and always on their Instagram stories. But what they really need in their business from someone who is supporting them is a more calmer, introverted not level-headed because outgoing people can are also level-headed, but someone to really ground them. And that's oftentimes what they're looking for. And on the flip side of that, you may have a business owner who is very analytical, who loves to be behind the scenes, who loves to do maybe more of the creative direction side of things, who, is, who are looking for someone who is more outgoing and who loves to talk and can get on calls for hours. So there is always going to be a space for you because of your unique personality in which you present things that other people who are in the same industry may not present. It's the same concept as how there can be a million different people or business owners or brands trying to sell loungewear, but there's one specific brand that really speaks to you and you feel connected to it. You love the way it makes you feel. You love the way they run their social media. You love the fact that they're sustainable. There's so many things about it that you feel connected to as a person, which calls you to it and makes you loyal to this brand. It's a very similar concept with service providers. So a lot of the reason why you you will succeed goes far beyond statistics or numbers or logistical ways of viewing the amount of people or business owners in the online space. So how can you set yourself apart as a new service provider entering the online space? It sounds really cliche, but a lot of what this comes down to is being yourself and being really, really creative. In the online space, we love innovation. We consume so much content. We're constantly scrolling TikTok. We're constantly on Instagram. We take in more information than our brain can 
possibly comprehend or process in a day. But what catches our eye and what we really love to see is someone who is doing things differently. And what's really tempting whenever we start a business online or enter the online space is to look at other people as our reference point, right? We look at their Instagram, we look at what they're doing, what they're saying, what they're posting, what their website looks like, what their graphics look like, what they look like, how they speak on their stories, what are their highlights, The list goes on and on, and we start to pull our online persona in our business from so many different people, and we kind of feel like we're being innovative, but in reality, we're almost doing like a micro-copying of all of these other people. And what I really, really encourage you to do and what I encourage all of my students to do is to create more than you consume. And I know that it's really difficult when you're trying to get your feet off the ground. But at the end of the day, whenever you have your blinders on and you are staying in your own lane and you're focused on what you're doing, trying out different things, seeing what works, seeing what people are really receptive to, seeing what you can do that's outside of the box and not being afraid to try new things, that is what is inevitably always going to set you apart. A really cool way to do this is, you know, typically, like I said, we look at other people for reference points, but whenever you are, let's say, for instance, you are trying to start a business as a virtual assistant for interior designers, instead of going to other virtual assistants' pages and looking at their pages for inspiration, pick up an interior design magazine, go to an interior design website, really try to kind of heavily involve yourself in that world instead of looking at other people who are trying to offer a service to that world. Because what that's going to allow you to do, and this applies for any niche or any type of business in general who's trying to appeal to a specific audience, what that allows you to do is instead of getting in the head of your quote unquote competition, this allows you to get into the head of your ideal clients and your ideal audience. And whenever you can do that and you can present things to them in a way that they understand or speak to them on a deeper level or do something that's outside of the box because you have picked up a new outlet instead of looking at the same old, same old, you really start to set yourself apart in in an extremely unique way. I'll give you an example of this, a little story, if you will. So whenever I was a virtual assistant and I was transitioning into offering coaching, I really knew throughout the entire time that I was a virtual assistant that I wanted to help other people do this because I I felt like I had a really unique angle and really unique information to offer to people because I was not only in the creative industry, which at the time there were not a lot of virtual assistants for the creative industry, but I also had the advantage of being someone who had the situation of going to college, dropping out, being really confused in life, having an extremely difficult home life, And I wanted to help other people who were in that situation that would be able to relate to me. And typically what happens whenever you are trying to launch any new program, especially if this is a coaching program, is that you will have a beta version of this. And your beta version is really intended to help you create the program to kind of see what does and doesn't does and doesn't work in your teaching styles and the information that you have to convey to other people. And oftentimes this beta round is extremely small and it's it's it can be really difficult to find these people in the first place and it can be really difficult to grow from there. And it also can take a really long time to 
instill that trust and to let people know, hey, I have something really, really valuable to teach you. So what usually happens is that you kind of have this beta version, you go through a traditional launch, which there is a very traditional way to launch any new program or new service. There's this buildup and you have email marketing and you have all of these different tactics that you're doing to kind of warm up your audience to this new program or new service that you're offering, right? And and in the marketing world, there is a very specific way that this is usually done. And I'm not knocking that way because I think the marketing world is so expansive that these launch strategies are incredibly useful to so many business owners. But what I realized was, hey, this is not really what my audience connects to or what my ideal audience connects to. Because my ideal audience are people who are around my age, who have struggled with the same situation, who are potentially at a crossroads in their life, who maybe don't even know that this is what they're looking for, right? So it's not like I'm offering a new service to my audience who already is super familiar with what I offer and knows me and are kind of looking for something like this. I'm trying to reach people who may not even know that this opportunity in the online space exists. So instead of following this traditional launch plan, which I knew in my gut was not what was going to really propel me to where I needed to be, I took my program and my ideas to TikTok. And I started utilizing TikTok to market my services, market my story, and market what I could offer to people. This was in around August, September of 2020. And I know that saying it now sounds really wild, but at the time there were not that many business owners on TikTok and there were also not a ton of coaches on TikTok either. So what I'm really trying to say by that is that it wouldn't be someone someone's first choice necessarily to start to offer their coaching services. But I knew that my ideal audience was there and they were going to be receptive to my message, I hoped at least. <laughs> and that that was kind of immediately shown to be true by the reception that I got from my videos and by the ideas and the knowledge that I had to give my audience. So my whole point in saying this was that I could have very easily just gone along with what was traditional and what was right and what other coaches were doing at the time, but by going outside of the box and trying a new platform and trying a new avenue of reaching these people, it helped me scale my business in a way that I may never have been able to had I just kind of gone along with the flow of what other people were doing. So remember that whenever you start your business, thinking outside of the box, creating more than you consume, being yourself, being unique, trying new things, that is what's going to help you see success really, really quickly, no matter how many other people are in the industry, because it's not always going to stay as it is. It is going to keep evolving, keep refining itself, keep getting better, and you entering it at any moment is the moment that you can start to create new trends, that you can start to create new services that people have been needing. You can fill a gap that is needed and that's really always what's going to set you apart is whenever you can fill a gap, whether that's by your personality, by the services you're offering, by the way that you're marketing yourself, when you can fill that gap, then you're going to be unstoppable. You will always be booked out. You will always have a wait list. You will always be able to grow your business because nobody else will be doing it like you're able to do it. And that doesn't mean that that won't take some time and some trial and error, but that's the beauty of, of being a business owner online, right? 
Another thing that I want to mention, and the final thing that I want to mention, is that oftentimes, and this is not always the case, because thinking about oversaturation and being doubtful and being fearful of these things whenever you're entering the online space can be a very valid thought that you are having simply because you want to make sure that this is right for you and make sure that it's something that you can do. But oftentimes, I think that we use these thoughts, and I think that I did this myself, I think sometimes we use these thoughts and these questions like, is the online space too oversaturated for me to become a part of it? Because we're fearful of doing it, so we use it as an excuse to hold ourselves back. We ask ourselves or we tell ourselves, no, the online space is too oversaturated, there's no room for me. As a way to justify not taking action on the thing that we really want to do because it's pushing us out of our comfort zone and something that scares us in a lot of ways. Most of the time we do this and we kind of self-sabotage because we don't want people looking at us. We don't want people to see us fail. We don't want to be embarrassed. So we would rather kind of hide away in the shadows of our comfortable world where we aren't trying new things and taking risks because it's comfortable, because nobody looks at us and we're not risking failing or what we think is failing, right? But at the end of the day, you really have to ask yourself, do you want to stay where you are? And I know it seems scary to try something new, but it's also really scary to stay exactly where you are if you're unhappy, because the longer you stay there, the harder it is to get out. So do you want to stay there or do you want to try something new and risk failure. I mean, everyone fails. If you take up a new sport, no pro snowboarder got to that point before they fell a million times, right? You're going to mess up. You're going to have things that flop, but that's a normal part of the process. And any business owner who is successful, who you look up to has been in that same spot and will never look at you in judgment because of those things. Only the people who wish that they were doing what you were doing will look at you in judgment. And at the end of the day, people care far less than we think. Whenever we start something new or start a business online and we're putting ourselves out there in a way that's really scary to us and feels very vulnerable, we think that everyone is looking at us waiting for us to fail. But in reality, what's happening is that everyone is so wrapped up in their own world and what they're doing. And when you, quote unquote, again, fail no one notices. (laughs) But we think that everyone notices. And I think it's really comforting to think about the fact that at the end of the day, the people who care and the people who are really successful and want to see you be successful are going to be there cheering you on and are not going to notice the failures. I know that it's very easy to become so scared of all of these potential outcomes of starting something new that you find every single way to hold yourself back. You know, we will ask question after question. We will sit on something for months and months, possibly even years. We will tell ourselves the market is too oversaturated. We will tell ourselves that we aren't an expert in this, therefore we can't do it. We will tell ourselves that we just know we're not the type of person to do that. None of those things are true, Really, those are all concepts that we've created and then placed on ourselves. And the longer you continue to tell yourself those things, the more your mind will look for those things to be true to prove you right, because that's scientifically what we all do all of the time. So whenever you are considering doing something new, remember that you can succeed 
And at the end of the day, when you have a business online, it's comforting to know that your business's success really is up to you because if you are committed to it and if you are consistent with it, you will see success. It's only when you start to give in to defeat and tell yourself that you can't do it, that you could never be that person, that the market's too oversaturated. That's when you start to prove yourself right. And then you throw your hands up and say, well, see, I knew I wasn't cut out for this. And it's something that we all do. I've done it. And this is not me saying that things don't come up in life, that things are difficult, that it isn't scary to start a business online because it is. But when you give yourself the opportunity to try something and to grow and to push yourself outside of the box of what you thought you could accomplish, you end up accomplishing not only all of those things, but suddenly one day you are a year into your business and you look back and you realize, wow, a year ago I was nervous about starting my business in the first place and now I'm being presented with opportunities that are making me nervous like growing my team or being featured in one of my favorite business publications or having the opportunity to do public speaking. And that's a really, really cool place to be in that we will never have the opportunity to explore unless we take action in the first place. Thank you for listening to the Digital State of Mind podcast. I am your host, Jessica Hawks, and I am so happy to have you here. Follow along with us on Instagram at the Digital State of Mind so that we can stay connected with you and get your feedback on what you want to hear on the show. I know everyone says this, but we're serious, okay? (laughs) Talk to you next time.